Hey y'all, welcome to the Can You Not Judge Us podcast, where your hostesses with the mostesses. I'm Deirdre. And I'm Leanne. If you're new here, welcome and thanks for hanging out with us today. If you're wondering what we're all about, the answer is anything and everything in life. From work to relationships to movies, we have opinions and we're going to share them. We hope you'll share yours too by joining us at Can You Not Cast across all social media. The only thing we ask is, can you not judge us? Hey guys, and welcome to, oh my goodness, I don't know what episode this is. Do you know what number episode this is? Ha! Like I paid that close attention. <laughs> we are going to have to go back and count and let you guys know somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's March now, which officially means it's Deirdre Month because it's my Whee! first month. Woo-hoo! So we are actually recording this on International Women's Day, and we are super excited. At least I'm super excited. You're super excited with me, right? I am too. Yes, of course. So we are super excited to be talking about some of the women that we admire most because it's day, and what better day to do that? So... Yes. Yeah. And I mean, like, we're a little sad, although I think some people will show up like because, you know, we just spent a whole month talking about movies because we love them so much. (laughs) And I think maybe both of us have somebody that is related to movies in some way, shape or form on our list. Mm -hmm. I know I do. (laughs) I'm just going to go on a limb and say it. I mean, y'all know us by now. But Deirdre sent me an article this morning because you all know we plan like on the fly. <laughs> we're... We do. I am such a fly by the seat of my pants person. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was like, so I feel like I knew the story. This is going to be kind of like a new person for us that we admire now that we're going to start off with before we get into our list of, of top five women that we admire, which was really hard to do, by the way. <laughs> Any hoosie. <laughs> so in this article that Deirdre shared with me um, from the Washington Post, and we will link it um, somewhere. It's a good article. Our, yeah. In some of our, in one of our social medias, you will see it, if not two social medias. But it talks about some amazing women that we should all admire. And one of them happens to be Mary. Or she was... Yeah, she was the founder of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. And y'all know how we feel about the Oscars, right? Woohoo! <laughs> right. Yeah. I actually feel like we've talked about Mary Pickford before. Did oh. we talk about her when we discussed? No, we talked about Clara Bow, didn't we? Yeah, that was Clara Bow. Yeah, I was like, I don't oh, okay. I don't think we've ever talked about Mary Pickford. I do feel like I've heard this story about her before, though, how um, she helped. Like, she was like, you know, this was um, in the 1920s is when it first, like, started happening. And she was super popular. They even called her America's Sweetheart. She was like the very first American sweetheart maybe Mm -hmm. possibly potentially yeah Um, she was yeah and so she just kind of helped found that to like celebrate movies and I feel like for me anyway you know I wonder what it would have been like had she not been such a driving force would we care Mm -hmm. so much about movies like we do now would they be like such a huge deal or would it still kind of be 
kind of like, oh, we're just going to the picture show. (laughs) You know, and that's a really good question. Where would we be in general without the Academy? And Mary Pickford was in a time when, I mean, Hollywood's been rough on women Mm -hmm. always. Yes. And we like to think things are getting, things are definitely different now than they were then because Mm -hmm. women were basically property then. But it's in a time where women were essentially property. They were things. They were so underappreciated in Hollywood, even though they were what were selling the movies. Yeah. Mary Pickford was one person that actually had some power. She was like the only one that had some power. And where would the Academy be without her? And where would movies be without her? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I'm just kind of glancing over the article you shared with me um, to kind of brush up on what we read earlier. Like, she was the first woman to negotiate a $1 million movie contract in the 1920s, you guys. Isn't that crazy? Like, that is so cool. And she would hang a bucket, like, on every set to collect money for um, industry people who were going without work. So, like, not only was she, like this like you know top negotiator to get what she deserved to be paid but then she's also like you know recognizing that there's a lot of non-working actors and a lot of non-working industry people out there and they need help too which I just think is so cool like ah we love cool people we do (laughs) we do and so all the trivia we love all the trivia yes yes (laughs) so yeah I mean she's really one of and she might be the oldest on either of our list I think oh no I have somebody much older no you do have somebody (laughs) significantly older do you have one (laughs) I was thinking everybody would have been after silent film but no you do have one don't you (laughs) yeah yeah one maybe two like depending on the era that we want to categorize this other group in anyway (laughs) okay so I guess we will segue from there into and it's it really it does make sense as a sensible transition because one of my favorite women from always and forever even as a child was Lucille Ball oh yeah I absolutely love Lucille Ball and she really was one of the most groundbreaking women in the industry in the first okay in the middle of the 21st century I guess (laughs) (laughs) she was really right there in the middle but I mean she was it, she she really was in there just like Mary Pickford was mm-hmm. you know it's on the basic the one thing everybody knows is that she was the first pregnant woman on TV when yeah. she was on TV pregnant oh my god you did not talk about women being pregnant because it implied how they got that way and that was uh-huh. horrifically upsetting you just did not yeah. do that and it's funny too and did you know that not only was she the first woman pregnant on tv she was also the very first cover of tv guide with desi jr as a baby oh well. I know, isn't that crazy i didn't know that i actually didn't know that until today wow. and yeah it's like all the things i know i still learned a thing so yeah she was the very first person on the cover of tv guide very cool so but that's how important that pregnancy was. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole world turned up. I want to say it was the biggest viewing on. Yeah, it was the biggest viewing audience ever the, in the episode where Lucy gives birth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was such a big deal that Lucy was having that baby. So that's and but that's the thing everybody knows about. Everybody knows she was the first pregnant woman on TV. And if you guys don't know who Lucille Ball is, 
I, I might just have to say we can't be yeah. friends. <laughs> I would hope everyone has at least seen like one lovely see in their life right like, even if you've just seen it's not my favorite episode but even if you've just seen the chocolate factory episode yeah. or something i mean you have to know who she is yeah right? well i feel she like was america's favorite redhead yeah i mean i feel like christmas time um one of the news or one of the tv stations always does like a lucy special and like um a dick van dyke show special like during prime time channel three channel three does i love lucy in recent years they've started colorizing it. yes there you go oh channel three is um cbs oh. for <laughs> for non um council bluffs omaha people <laughs> yes to us omaha native cbs is just channel three because we it's just channel three to us but yeah, yeah so cbs <laughs> i love lucy originally aired on cbs i okay. wish i could remember which channel dick van dyke aired on i think it was cbs too, yeah i bet it probably was since they get the rights to do it yeah anywho so i would imagine that people have i mean you had to have seen at least one i would think right or even just some pop culture reference Mm -hmm. somewhere like there was a movie several years ago uh it was a remake of a movie was it called rat race with a whole bus full of lucy's in it oh yes yeah Uh (laughs) uh-huh so i mean i would just hope that you have some pop culture reference for who she is if you don't google her or something yeah. Yeah. she is really one of my all-time favorite yeah because i mean like a lot of um television shows even will parody some of her older episodes like i mean you were talking about the chocolate factory episode mm-hmm. i feel like every sitcom has had some episode that is similar to that in some way shape or form <laughs> where like the duo even... get themselves into trouble and they're trying to like keep up with whatever it is that they're supposed right. to be doing yeah well, even like Drake and Josh on Nickelodeon in yeah. the mid 2000s. Oh my gosh, that is literally what I started thinking that. about. <laughs> yes, I love that. It's Drake and Josh, I know we're too old for it, but it, it's it's a fantastic show. It was good. <laughs> there are age, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so not only was Lucy the first pregnant woman on TV, among the most important things, you know, it's okay. When the studio had pitched Lucille Ball to do a show, I think it was called My Favorite Husband. Mm -hmm. She said she wouldn't do it without her husband. And also not just relevant to women. um, Obviously, the network didn't like it because if you know who Lucille Ball is, she was at the time married to Desi Arnaz. Yeah. Well, America was pretty well whitewashed in the late 40s and early 50s. And they didn't think America was going to like a redhead and Mm -hmm. a Cuban-American band leader. They just didn't think America was going to like it. And she said, I'm not going to do it without my husband. They said, well, we're not going to do it with him. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I guess it's a no-go. So they actually went out on the vaudeville circuit and did their show successfully and they did a radio show successfully as a couple basically to say look america is here for this america does want to see it you know people do care about us as a couple we are entertaining and eventually the show did get picked up as what we know now as i love lucy and it's one of the most successful tv shows in history because she fought for her husband to be on that show even though he wasn't what the network thought was yeah correct i guess (laughs) i mean to us that's really weird now that you know we that they would portray it in such a way oh my goodness he's not yeah 
not all American. This isn't okay to sit so yeah. weird now. But back then it was a big deal. Yeah. Although I feel like sometimes we still see that, like, just thinking about, like, now we have, like, the LGBT community who's so underrepresented mm-hmm. in television shows. So, I mean, it's so weird how we move from one thing that is like, oh, this is super untraditional. Mm-hmm. We can't do it. And then now it's like, oh, that's fine. We wouldn't even bat an eye at that. But now it's this other thing where we're like, ah, no. Right. Like, protect the children. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I feel like we're going to go down that Billy Porter alley. I don't so y'all just just because i feel it needs said again because it came up recently if you guys didn't listen to our oscar Mm. fashion i'm just throwing this and there's a little segue i completely support billy billy porter's choice of apparel that's all i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) any hoosies as leanne would say um (laughs) Probably the most significant thing Lucille Ball actually did, though, was that in you know through her marriage with Ricky, they mm-hmm. they had they owned their own film studio and everything together. And when her and Desi got divorced, if you guys don't know, they got divorced in the sixties. Um, they had a successful television studio, and actually they loved each other till the day they died. They just mm-hmm. couldn't live together, I guess, which always broke my heart. They were the greatest yeah, people. yeah, but they just the love that they had for each other just wasn't enough. But through their divorce, when they got divorced, Ricky or Ricky, see, he's still Ricky to all of us. <laughs> Even though, you know, Desi Arnaz's birthday was the second. Oh, I did not. Happy birthday, Desi. Yeah, Desi Arnaz's birthday was the second. And I was super <laughs> excited to show share that with my kids. <laughs> but when they divorced, Desi Arnaz actually sold Lucille Ball all the shares of Desi Lu mm. Studios. And she became the first woman ever to own a, to own and run a film studio. Wow. So she was, she was a hard headed businesswoman. I mean, she was hilarious, but she was a serious businesswoman. It was yeah. serious to her and she was good at what she did. And she broke a lot of ground in the industry. Yeah. So she always makes me smile and there's so much to look up to her for. So she is probably, <laughs> I know I started with my favorite, but she is probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I loved her since I was little, so. <laughs> um, I don't know what order to do the rest of mine in. Okay. Um, okay, we're going to go with the, my next one on my list. Mm-hmm. Is Do you know who Ruth Sukup is? That name sounds very familiar. Are you, I've probably shared a couple of her um I've probably shared it. Oh, I just shared one of her podcasts with you. Yes, Ruth Soup Cup has a podcast called Do It Scared. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, and... that's why that sounded familiar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's Do It Scared is actually a recent venture she's gotten into. But somewhere around 2010, 2011, something like that, she was a stay-at-home mom. And she was it's my understanding she had something of a shopping habit i guess and budgeting was becoming a budgeting was becoming a problem Mm -hmm. and basically it was you know well how can i do these things that i love and still be able to afford these things and you know it kind of became that thing that always happens you know their husband starts putting pressure on her wondering okay you know what's going on here and so she through that frustration found an outlet for it in a blog called Living While Spending Less. 
Mm-hmm. You might have heard of that one. I might have shared that one with you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but she created this blog called Living While Spending Less. And it turned out that the blog was actually became wildly popular. And, you know, through all her work, she basically made her career off that blog and was eventually able to retire her husband. Now she owns a, um, now she basically owns an entire media company. And for the life of me, like, for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head <laughs> right now, but she owns an entire media company. So she's, she still has the living while spending less blog, mm-hmm. which has a, um, it actually, they have their own planner, like their own day planner. Yeah. You know? For those of us that are into the whole office products, <laughs> they have their own planner, and it's a hugely successful product. Probably her most successful product, though, is that she found a way, as she was as successful as she was when she built this blog, she started sharing with other people how to do it. And she runs, once a year, she opens a class that is to be honest, quite on the pricey side. That's why mm-hmm. I've never taken it. <laughs> but once a year, she opens a class called Elite Blog Academy. And it's basically considered the standard yeah. of blogging education. Like, it's if you take that class, most people that take, you know, go through the Elite Blogging course and actually finish it end up successful in their blogs. Yeah. It is wildly successful. It's a huge deal. This woman went from having to create this website, Living While Spending Less, to having a media empire. And she's retired her husband. And she, I mean, she's turned her life completely around through her, I guess, desperation mm-hmm. to still be able to live a comfortable lifestyle and save money. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate her for that I don't always agree with everything she has to say mm-hmm. um I do listen to her podcast obviously because I've shared it with you yeah but I do listen to her podcast but I don't always agree with everything she has to say but I really really admire her for mm-hmm. what she's done where she's gotten yeah and I think you're gonna notice real quick aside from Lucille Ball who actually also started from nothing i I think you're gonna see real quick that there is a pretty solid theme Mm -hmm. on my list um the next one on my list and i know you know i love this person (laughs) because this is one of two people on the list that i like beat people over the head with like you have to read their book you have to read their book (laughs) (laughs) um the next person on my list is carrie wilkerson Mm mm-hmm I know you know I love her because she is yes. just. Did you ever read the Barefoot Executor? No. <laughs> you let me borrow it. It's still sitting on my bookshelf, just staring at me. <laughs> oh, that actually explains a lot because I was wondering where did I put that book. <laughs> I'll, I'll it return it house. to you. <laughs> no, you'll read it, then you'll return it to I me. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I have read the Barefoot Executive. I actually, I own both the audiobook and the actual physical book, except the actual physical book seems to have found its way into someone else's house. <laughs> it's currently being held hostage at my house if anyone needs it. <laughs> <laughs> but I have probably read the Barefoot Executive seven or eight times. I know I got it when I was still doing direct sales for that company we mutually met through. And 
it basically tells it tells about half the story she was bound legally by the direct sales company she actually started with but she couldn't share her story with them for x number of years so it only tells about half the story of how she got to be who she was but she is essentially another mom that she kind of found herself with an instant family Mm -hmm. and had to find a way to be able to take care of the kids and still pay the bills yeah so she started off with we'll call it the very well-known pink direct sales company do you know who that is do you know what (laughs) i'm saying I, i do they make things like lipstick and mascara. Yeah. They're very pink. <laughs> <laughs> so she started off with them, but essentially she also built her own media mm-hmm. empire. Um, the Barefoot Executive, and I want to say it was released in 2010 maybe, was on the bestseller list when that was actually a little bit harder to achieve than it is now. <laughs> <laughs> no, bestseller list is still relatively impressive, but hers was like a New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. It was it was a really big deal. She is most of her business at this point is no longer with directly with individual people. Um, most of her business is business to business now and she most of what she does now is speaking. Yeah. But she has turned her Again, she became an instant mom. It's She ended up taking in a couple of children and having to figure out how she was going to sort that out and still, you know, be able to help help pay the bills in the house. And again, her husband, yeah. I don't think she technically retired her husband because I think he works for her now. <laughs> <laughs> but, and she, in fact, I was just watching one of her videos today and she was just talking about how she is still a one, she's still technically a one woman business. She hires virtual assistants and things like that now and then, but she's still a one woman business that does it out of her home. Unlike Ruth Sukrup, who has, you know, like huge offices in this big multimedia company, Carrie Wilkerson still making seven figures a year on her own out of her home office. And I yeah. think that is probably like the ultimate dream for me to be able to work out of my home office and be <laughs> successful in the way she has been. And if you guys have never listened to, if you've never heard Carrie Wilkerson, we will tag all, we will post all of these people in the show notes just so, yeah. just so you know who we're talking yeah. about. But if you've <laughs> never heard her, she is like the most adorable little Texas cheerleader. She's so chipper and so happy. And she's got that little, she's got that Southern accent and she's just, she is so cute and you can't help but love her. She's just infectious <laughs> and I just absolutely love her. So if you can go find a video of Carrie Wilkerson speaking, I very much, you know, I, I would very much recommend running that down because she is just amazing. And I think she really... She really probably started my love of the self-help businessy type books. Like because of her, I think is really why I just eat those books up. Um, which again, like I said, that there is kind of a theme to my life. <laughs> because all these women seem to have one thing in common, all of them. Um Next on my list, if you've not in recent years heard of Sophia Amoruso, you're probably living under a rock. (laughs) I remember in the late 2000s, I remember seeing news stories about this girl. And she's actually a couple of years younger than me. She might be your age, Leanne. 
Yeah, I think that's, I think she is. She's pretty Yeah, she might be your age. She's just a smidge younger than me, I know. And she was this Mm -hmm. kid that was broke and living on someone's couch and turned her love of vintage clothes into an empire. And then she used to own a company called Nasty Gal. If you guys aren't, again, Mm -hmm. if you've been living under a rock. Sophia Amoroso started Nasty Gal. She started on eBay just selling vintage clothes online. And it's realistically that selling vintage clothes online got her to a place that she could afford to do things like buy a warehouse. And all of a sudden, what was this just eBay thing that was just paying the bills kind of became an animal in and of itself. And she had, you know clothes with her label on it and things like that and I think maybe at this point the most impressive part of her story is as she was young she was inexperienced she didn't know what she was doing and she had this empire that just got huge and she couldn't control it she did not have the ability to control it anymore and she in her own words kind of went and hid in her corner office because she didn't know how to actually cope with the boss type things i guess you know she is known as the girl boss mm-hmm. the hashtag girl boss but she yeah. didn't know how to cope so much with the whole leadership boss type thing so she would go hide in her corner office and other people were basically basically handling the running the show the managing the people of it and nasty gal actually crumbled i think in 2016 does that sound right yeah, I feel like that's about either um, right after or right at 2000. But that was about the last time you really heard about it was around that time. Yeah, it was, I want to say it was about 2016, which is so mm-hmm. funny. Because like I said, the first time I heard of her, I think, was in Nylon Magazine back in 2000. Mm-hmm. Might have been 2010. But yeah, it's Nasty Gal crumbled in 2016 because the company... It, it came out that the company was not treating employees so well. Mm-hmm. And she stood up and she took ownership and said, look, this is my company and I'm sorry, this this is not okay. And, you know, the whole thing kind of fell apart out from under and she owned it. But instead of being that person that just kind of rolled up and hid under the bed forever and said, well, that's I, I messed up and I can't do it anymore. She now is right back where she was on top of an empire of girl boss media. Yeah. Because despite the problems Nasty Y'all had, she still had this huge fan base of people that loved the hashtag girl boss book. Mm-hmm. I've read it. I've read that one a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I like my self-help books. I'm a little bit of a self-help junkie. <laughs> but, and to be honest, Sophia Amoruso, I don't know if I would necessarily hang out with her as a person but I really do admire what she's done and I admire the fact that she has she really fell from grace and then she got right back up brushed her knees off and said hey Mm -hmm. I'm not going anywhere I'm still here and I do it's you know here she is she's got girl boss media she has um you know she has uh I guess for lack of a better word, I can't think of a better word for it right now. Workshops. Workshops is a good word. She does yeah. workshops with, you know, teaching women how to run their own business for themselves, things like that. Um, she, there's, you know, girlboss.com. Um, 
I listened to her podcast once in a while. Girl Boss Radio, I think, was actually just kind of beginning, I think, when Nasty Gal kind of fell apart. But yeah, girl, I listened to her podcast, Girl Boss Radio. Hey, there's another podcast around there. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I do, I just really admire her for brushing herself off and saying, hey, I'm not gone. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she built something out of nothing and then did it a second time. <laughs> so it is the trend in my list pretty obvious. <laughs> um, which actually leads us to the last one on my list. And I'll bet Leanne knows who it is. I do. <laughs> <laughs> because as many times as I've said, you need to read Carrie Wilkerson's book. Mm-hmm. I remember... When Jen Sincero's You Are a Badass came out, it was one of those books I stumbled on Amazon like the week it was released. Yeah. And it was just kind of a luck of the draw thing. I just kind of stumbled on it because I was looking for a very specific type of book. I was actually looking for a book like The Barefoot Executive. Mm-hmm. And so Amazon's, um, Amazon says, hey, you might like to listen to this book. Okay, I will listen to this book. And just so I, I will throw it out there now. My favorite audiobooks are the ones read by the author. Whether yeah. they were self-help or not, they know what voice <laughs> it was written in. Yeah. I know going down a rabbit hole, some people say like, well, that author should never read their books because they're terrible at it. But they know <laughs> what voice it was written in more than anyone else does. So, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, the, you know, I, I'll check it out. And I was, from the time I started reading the book, I had to tell everybody that they had to read You Are a Badass. <laughs> I did. I am that person. I am that annoying person that has said 70,000 times, if you've not read this yet, you need to read it. And <laughs> I have read it. I have read You Are a Badass five or six times through. I've read You Are a Badass at Making Money three or four times. <laughs> I have read her books over and over and over. <laughs> I think she has a new one. I just saw it at Barnes & Noble. But I don't it's, remember. You what are it's a called. badass every day. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's you are a badass every day. So if you want to know, ask me. I will know the Jen Sincero thing. I was like, I just <laughs> saw it when I was at Barnes and Noble, but I cannot. <laughs> I actually have started to think of her books like the Weezer albums. You know, Weezer had the blue album and the green album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she has the yellow book and the green book. Now she has the blue book. Yes. <laughs> So I've started to think of her books that way. But she's another one that really just, she had basically nothing. Mm -hmm. She was living this life where she felt like she couldn't get her shit together. Mm -hmm. And she got to her late 30s and couldn't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. She basically said, I can't keep living like this anymore. This is ridiculous. And she went on the world's biggest self-help binge. I don't think anybody has ever spent more time and more money on self-help than that woman has. (laughs) So as much, as many books as I have read, she has like, and she has taken in so much more information than I have. (laughs) Because she just went on this huge binge and was willing to do anything to be better. Yeah. And she turned this, you know, she had been an author before. But she just wasn't really getting her shit together. Mm -hmm. And she eventually did. And she wrote a book and told us all how. And now she is literally 
the ultimate self-help guru these days when you say self-help books hers is the first one that comes to mind hers is at the top of every list Mm -hmm. every single one of her books hits number one she is incredible and she was she was in her 40s before it actually happened happened for her yeah and that's so see see there's no there's no age (laughs) lucille ball was in her 40s when i believe when i love lucy was yeah Mm -hmm. lucille ball was well into her 40s when lucille ball when i love lucy was on the air jen sincero was into her 40s when she stopped you know living like a teenager (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) you know there is no age to this guy so you know but yeah like like I said I I think my list it's pretty obvious the type of people I admire mine are all in the same vein (laughs) they are all like you know leaders of some type of business empire and that's just Mm -hmm. this this is kind of a peak for people I think at who I really am and how I really think Mm mm-hmm yeah, you know, these are just these are the things I get very excited about. And frankly, on another day, I could probably talk a lot more excitedly about that. <laughs> Full disclosure, guys, Deirdre's been sick. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are doing the best we can here. And I'm sorry if I'm wheezing a little bit. But yeah, it's just that I, on another day, I could talk a lot more excitedly about these. And I, I would really like to talk more about them again. <laughs> I guess this is just a look into who I am and the way I think and what I do get excited about. And it's mine are very specifically all essentially the same type of people. So mm-hmm. that's just me. And those are the people that I look up to. <laughs> But now that you guys have heard me ramble for like 25 minutes or more about (laughs) how much I love all these women, and I told myself this is going to be a short episode. (laughs) Now that you guys have heard me all ramble for like 25 minutes or more, we are going to go take a quick potty break and we will be right back. All right, we're back and now we're going to talk about who some of Leanne's women she admires the most are we didn't talk a whole lot about yours before the episode so no we did not I'm super excited though mine are kind of I feel like all over the board but I'm okay with that like I am I am fine with being all over the board honestly mine are kind of boring because they all fit the same mold (laughs) like it just it says so much about who I am well, I don't think that's boring because that just you just called yourself boring and you are not boring. <laughs> so stop that nonsense right now. It is International <laughs> Women's Day. We are not allowed to be mean to ourselves today <laughs> or any day, but definitely not today of all days. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to like, I think I've been trying to debate how I'm going to do mine. And I think I'm going to time travel because um, I kind of mentioned at the beginning that I have... Um, a couple of, of pretty dang throwback ones. And one is throwing it like way back, y'all. Like way, way, way back. Way back. <laughs> so I'm going to start like um, kind of in current times, like who is shining. Well, I don't want to say shining bright, but who is like um, at the center of attention like now and then kind of work my way, my way back is how we're going to do it. So we're in time travel. So come on, friends, let's go. Anyway, <laughs> that being said, um, we have talked about this person before. Well, actually, 
we've talked about this person's husband. Before. Yeah, I don't think we've talked about this person much. Yeah, I don't think we've actually talked about her so much as her husband. Um, so you've all heard me say, um, I'm sorry, mom, because I know you're going to be listening to this. You've all heard me talk about the times that my mom used to tell me growing up that I was going to grow up and marry Prince Harry, right? Like we've all heard this story um, <laughs> and how that did not come to, to pass. And that's okay. I'm over it because he's actually <laughs> married <laughs> to a pretty badass lady. <laughs> um, Meghan Markle, I just like, she's just such a, like a force to be reckoned with, I kind of think. And, and I know that there's a lot of people, especially across the pond in the UK. I love using that phrase. I, I do too. I do too. I was like, oh, I'm using it. I'm going to use it because... <laughs> We don't get to use it that often in our day-to-day lives over here. Anyway, (laughs) so um, I know that she gets, like, a lot of backlash, especially in the UK, for a lot of different reasons. And there have been, like, all these reports of, like, do her and and, um, Kate hate each other? Like, oh, scandal all the time. And it's just, it makes me sad for her. Because not only does she have, like, all of these, like, reporters going after her, um, if if you have any idea, like, if you've looked at People magazine in your, you know, lineup at the grocery store, you have probably seen the headlines <laughs> about <laughs> Meghan Markle's own family, you know, like, her sister and her dad and her brother, I think, who have, like, said some not nice things about her, too, and and it just like breaks my heart for her because I, I think that it's kind of like um, this, you know, like she stole the spotlight. Every girl wanted to marry Prince Harry, not just me. Um, <laughs> and so we're going to pick on her. And it just makes me so sad because we don't look at because then the things that she does that are so cool and so amazing get kind of like shoved to the background you know because like Mm -hmm. when she was in third grade I believe it was the third grade um do you remember that that oh gosh what was that show I was on Nickelodeon and it was like the kids news show that they used to air like Friday nights I cannot for life of me think of the name of it was it Nick News Now Oh, yes, that's what it was. Thank you. I was like, my brain has gone <laughs> blank with it. But they actually featured Megan on that because when she was like eight, I think, I want to say she was eight, she wrote a letter to um, one of the dish soap companies because all of their commercials showed like the mom doing the dishes or like the woman doing the dishes. And she was like, that's not really fair because guys do dishes too. Or they should be helping to do the dishes. So she just wrote them a letter and was like, you know, maybe instead of marketing your product just towards women, why don't you make it for everybody's use? And they read that letter and they took it to heart and they did it. Like they actually did the thing and they changed it all because one little girl was like, no, that's not cool. Like, that's not the way it should be. That is super cute that she's just like, hey. <laughs> yeah, like, she's like, no, I don't think so. And, like, even today, um, like, her and Harry are so big in, like, um, just doing things for other people. He has the Invictus Games, which are for, um, like, soldiers that have come back from war and have been wounded or, you know, and they do things for mental health. And um, she helped, I don't know, she, 
I think she's helped co-author a cookbook that is giving money back to um, women in like third world countries to help them get a start in life. And it's just like, ah, like I love good people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like we need to, this is like my plea to all of the tabloids out there in America, in the UK and all over the place. Like, Quit trying to pit women against each other, first of all. Like, um, quit just because Megan and Kate aren't smiling at each other or hugging each other all the time does not mean that they hate each other, okay? So, like, just back off. (laughs) Like, can we just not, can we just, like, not be those people anymore? Like, that's gross. Like, right. anyway. It's not helping our cause. No, no. Like, I think it's just gross. Like, the whole thing is just icky and I feel like it's just too much. Like they're doing such good things. Let's talk about the good things. Like there's enough bad mm-hmm. in the world. Let's turn it off. Let's talk about the good. Anyway, there's right. Leanne's um, soapbox moment about Meghan Markle. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and yes, I was one of those people who woke up super early. My mom and I woke up very early to watch the wedding. We had scones and um, sparkling juice. <laughs> to celebrate it was sparkling juice sparkling (laughs) juice well I mean it was like 5 a.m our time we were not going to drink wine at 5 a.m we're not those people (laughs) I don't know I feel like that would have been a good excuse I'm just saying (laughs) so but yes so yes I did watch Harry and Megan's wedding and I also watched Kate and William's wedding too because um I, I'm also kind of just obsessed with the royal family, as you'll find out through all kinds of episodes, including this one. Anyway. <laughs> yes, now that we've stepped away from the movie theme a little bit, you guys are going to learn so much about us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, the next person on my list is actually, she is, she's been around for, for a hot minute, right? Like since 2000s, like early 2000s. Mm, a little bit longer. As, oh, well, yeah, I guess she got her start in Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> if we she was be around in the late it. 90s. I was probably in ninth grade, maybe. Hmm. I think 98 was her first, I think. I oh. was in, okay, seriously, I know all the dances and all that, so. <laughs> oh, I just didn't think it was that early. I thought I was in high school when she, oh, anyway, um, <laughs> we should probably just tell you who we're talking about instead of just talking about when she came out. But Britney Spears, I, okay, so confession, in the beginning, <laughs> when I was in high school, I was not a huge fan of Britney Spears. Um, I don't know, it, like, it just wasn't my jam, I don't, and which is weird because I love pop music. But there's just something, like, I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's because she dated Justin Timberlake and that's a whole other boy band thing um <laughs> that's a discussion for another episode yeah that's yeah that that discussion will come up anyway <laughs> so I was not a huge fan but then watching her grow and especially um in mid-2000s when she kind of just had like it was just too much like life was just too much and and I think we all get that way and so she the world watched her just break down right Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw her shave her head, we saw all of those things, and she became just this walking, like, people turned her into a joke. And just seeing her go through all of that, and, you know, and then hit rock bottom, basically, and then be like, whoa, 
Like, I need help and admit that she needed help and then make the steps to go and build herself back up to get back to where she is today. Like, I mean, not that she's, she's not quite on the same level as Brittany when she first came out, like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, but she like, people know who Britney Spears is and she's like still a big deal. And I think that's just like being honest with herself and saying, Hey, I need help. And I have, you know, some mental health issues and I think she even had some addiction issues happening and like to go through those motions and seek help. It's just like such a, a thing that we need to see. And I think we need to recognize and we need to talk about, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think seeing her more comfortable in her own skin mm-hmm. now is really really is a big deal I think seeing her break down so publicly and seeing her come out of it and say look this is who I am take me or leave yeah. me and honestly it's I, I know it's so funny you said that she was never your cup of tea when you were in high yeah. school and I, I I think this just highlights another difference between the two of us I don't love pop music on the same level as you do and I loved <laughs> but her music has a different quality to it now it's a lot more Mm -hmm. honest yeah and it's she is it's to see the change that she has gone through is impressive and that woman deserves Mm -hmm. a lot of credit yeah so to kind of like steer away like almost like in a completely different direction (laughs) from well, yes yeah, that's no. true. From, but like from Britney Spears, anyway. Although this is another person who has definitely played her life out in the public eye, um, either willingly or unwillingly, um, is to be debated. And this also, um, <laughs> y'all heard me say it. I love the royal family, and you can't love the royal family and not love <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> like I adore. Queen Elizabeth. And I know that there are people out there who have very strong opinions about um about her in in not so nice ways. Um yeah, really? particularly tied to That's Yeah, a thing. particularly tied to like Princess Diana and Charles and Camilla and and all oh. of that, but um and I I don't want to like just dismiss that and be like, "Oh, whatever." Cuz I mean, I I can see that, but I also so she became queen at a time when she should not like when she was never even meant to be queen (laughs) Mm -hmm. um like her uncle was king and then he gave up his throne to marry the woman he was in love with um it was also that's a whole nother I know a lot about this stuff yeah that's a whole nother yeah I I was like oh just rein it in don't like start going off on the royal family for for hours and hours um, and so then her father, so then Elizabeth's father became a king, which meant that she was the next in line for the throne. And I don't know. I mean, I if you watch The Crown on Netflix, which you should be watching The Crown on Netflix. Um, <laughs> uh, this is me pointing my finger at you and telling you to do that. That's the thing you should be doing. Uh, <laughs> our new favorite Olivia Coleman is going to be Queen Elizabeth in the next season. So y'all run out and watch it now um so like and I get that that is that's like a a play on the truth it's partly fiction partly real so there are times when you watch it though where you're like did she really want to be queen 
or was this just like her sense of duty like she was told this is a thing you need to do so she went and did it and she's doing and I think I feel like as a person who is never going to be queen (laughs) who has never been born into that lifestyle um I feel like she's doing the best that she can. And she's been doing it mm-hmm. for a very long time. Um, and in England is still thriving. They have not fallen apart. So she's clearly doing not a terrible <laughs> job. Um, but she also walked in in a man's world. Like she was not the first mm-hmm. female queen. Um, her namesake, Queen Elizabeth, back in the Tudor days was one of the very first queens. Um, but... But still, you know, that time that she came in and around, you know, right before World War II was a very male-dominated thing. Like, she mm-hmm. had men trying to plow her over to, to take over her country and basically just make her the pretty face on the stamp while they did all of the things. And she was like, but wait a minute. Like, I am the queen and I have thoughts and I have opinions. And she, like, stood up for herself. And, and I just think she's just a very cool lady. Um, I also just think she's adorable. Like, I love just the photos of her. I know that's like getting away from her badassery, but, um, I think you can be a badass and adorable. I mean, we're badasses and adorable. So it's a thing you can be right. We, yes, we definitely are badass and adorable. We are super adorable. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Um, (laughs) so I, I just. I just really admire her. I think she's great. I actually had to fill out a form um, last week when I was doing some testing for uh, for my pastoring job that I do for to be a pastor uh, as I work towards ordination. And I had to write down like people that I admire and that I would want trades from. And she was obviously at like the top of my list was Queen Elizabeth, just because she is she's a leader and and she you know, obviously has a lot of pressure in a lot of different ways and she has weathered all of these storms and she's still standing strong and still leading her country at 90 some years old, which I just think is amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, isn't she going to be like the world's longest reigning monarch and it'll be almost impossible to outdo? Yeah, I think so. I believe that is correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. Like, I don't know. And, and like, then you hear, like, her grandsons and her grandchildren, she has other grandchildren besides William and Harry, but they all talk about her in such a light, you know, that they love her, and, and I think it's just, you know, a testament that she's more than just the queen. She's also a grandmother and a mother and a great-grandmother, mm-hmm. and um, and so she has a family, too, that she's not just this, this big figurehead over a country. Mm-hmm. She's an actual real-life person, too. Anyway, I could talk. She, it just sounds exhausting to be the queen. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But she's still going strong. She's got this. <laughs> um, anyway, I could talk about the royal family for literally days, guys. So I will, I will like, try to veer away from that. <laughs> I also had to put her in the middle. Deirdre asked me where I was going to put Queen Elizabeth. She's like, um, if you're working back in time, where are you going to put her? She's been around for, like, ever now. And I was like, she'll just go in the middle. <laughs> She's a good anchor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then my next one is going back a little bit further in time. And this is actually a group of people. I couldn't just pick one person. And it's actually the suffragettes. Um, So when voting time comes around, Deirdre can attest to this because she's seen me do it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will get very adamant about women 
voting <laughs> voting yeah. yes oh my god nothing. if you can't if you don't vote don't come yeah nothing makes leanne's skin crawl quite as bad as hearing a woman say well i didn't vote this year because i didn't really like any of the candidates or oh i've never voted I will preach to you (laughs) like you have never been preached to before. These women, this group of women um, who have been titled the suffragettes, they literally suffered for us to have the right to vote. Like you can read the stories. You can go online and find all of these things, the way that they were imprisoned and they were, you know, had water dumped on them and they were, you know, they would try to starve themselves as protests and they'd be force-fed food and to the point of that they would get sick and they did all of this and they kept pushing and they kept pushing because they were like no we deserve a say in who is control of our country and who is in control of our rights and our freedoms and you can't take that away from us and they just put themselves through literal hell sometimes to earn that vote They, you know, had names shouted at them and people threw things at them. And it was just, and I'm just like in awe of these women, like just total badass women who were like, no, this is not fair. You know, we are members of this country. We get a right to vote. We get a right to have a say in what happens. And so don't ever tell me women out there that you don't vote because I will come after you. (laughs) I will drag you to the poll and you will vote because they did not suffer for you to be like, "Um, I just don't think I'm going to vote this year. I'm like, I just don't want to. Like, (laughs) like the just, oh, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. Is is it really anybody not voting? Like men, you should be voting too. Um, Everyone should vote. It's your right. Go vote. Express your voice. Anyway, that's a very preachy moment for me i apologize (laughs) that's it's out of season yeah i'll bring it up around election time again i was gonna say can we make that a point during election these seasons that one needs to go vote just because one needs yes yes yeah there's no excuse for not voting and and so i have always been a huge fan of the suffragettes Mm -hmm. um i think since elementary school when we first learned even a little bit about them obviously i don't think they went as intense um as to what happened to these women but it was just that like oh women they they worked for our right to vote and I was like that's so cool (laughs) and also um, my I think it's also just kind of cool for me because my grandmother on my mom's side was actually she was a child I should mention that but she was Mm -hmm. alive when all of that was going on and um so she didn't really remember much, but just knowing that that is like a tie that my grandma was alive and all these women were working so hard to get our right to vote. And I'm just like, ah, yes, girl power. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll, I'll control myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's International Women's Day. It is International Day. Women's Day. I know. Oh, you can girl power all I you want. I love girl power. All right. Are you guys ready for my way, 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 way throwback? <laughs> so i we mentioned this a few times um and if you check out instagram and follow us on social media 
at Can You Not Cast. That's how to find us. Um, you all should know by now that I am in seminary. Um, I am working towards ordination to be a pastor. So naturally, one of the people on my list has had to be a really cool lady that has ties to that world. And mine just so happens to be um, who I'm a huge fan of and have been for a very long time. Her name is Susanna Wesley. If that name means nothing to you, that's okay. <laughs> it's going to mean something to you in a minute. <laughs> but if you are familiar with, um, we've been in the news lately, so you have heard the United Methodist Church, and that's a conversation for another day. Anywho, um, but if you have heard of the United <laughs> Methodist Church, and you've heard the name John Wesley or Charles Wesley, probably John Wesley, Susanna Wesley was their mother. And so I am throwing this way back to like the late 1600s, 1700s, you guys, like this is how far back we're going when she was alive and well and um, giving birth to children because she had a lot of children. <laughs> she actually had 17 children, you guys. That is insane. I know. Yeah. Like seven. She was like the youngest of 25 children, I believe. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, it was the 16 and 1700s. What were they? Okay, like, for that in and of itself, I have to admire those yeah. women because, oh my God. I mean, <laughs> I guess what were they? They didn't have Netflix back then. So, what were they supposed to do? Anyway, <laughs> I just made That's a whole fair. bunch of. That's fair. I just made a whole bunch of very religious people go, oh, oh, cover your ears, clutch your pearls. <laughs> um, <laughs> but y'all know where babies come from. Anyway, <laughs> so Susanna. <laughs> Um, she was the wife of a preacher. She was not a, not necessarily a preacher herself, but she grew up obviously in that time when men were in charge, large and in charge all the time. But she was not a wilting flower by any means. Um, her father was a member of, oh gosh, I think he was just a member of the Church of England. And she was like, meh, I don't know if I really want to be a member of the Church of England. I want to learn about all these other, you know, Protestant things. And so she went out and learned all about them at like 13 years old, while all the other girls were swooning over romance novels. Susanna <laughs> Wesley was digging into theology. <laughs> and so she grew up, met Samuel, her husband, they went on to have a boatload of children, um, and she knew that her sons, because her husband was not a good budgeter. He was a gambler. He took out a lot of loans, mm -hmm. um, so they didn't have a lot of money, and she knew that only the boys were going to get a quality, and she was like, no, no, no. I am not going to have ignorant daughters. I am not going to have uneducated daughters. That ain't happening, and so she was like, I will teach the children. <laughs> I will teach the children all by myself. And so at the age of five, she started school with all of her kids. So she would be rocking babies, taking care of things, and teaching all of her children. And um, she's just like this very cool like lady. And of course, you can look up Susanna's, Susanna Wesley's rules for raising kids. And they are very 1600, mm -hmm. 1700 oriented. <laughs> children should be seen, not heard big issue uh, back then <laughs> so keep that in mind like I'm not saying that she is like you know <laughs> the end all and be all of, of disciplining and raising children because there are things they did back then that we would not do today or we should not be doing today <laughs> for sure <laughs> if you are we are judging yes you. yes <laughs> 
but just like you take all this into consideration and then um there's a time when her husband uh he was off doing some churchy thing somewhere else and he was gone for almost a year and so they had this other man filling in for him preaching and I guess he was terrible like just the worst like just not a good preacher at all and Susanna was like oh this is not going to work for me. <laughs> like I cannot have my children. I cannot have the servants of my household listening to this guy who has no idea what he's doing. So she was like, so Sunday night kids after, you know, we've had supper, we're going to gather with our servants in the kitchen and have Sunday night devotionals because I am worried for your immortal souls. And I want to make sure that you're learning the best you can about God. So she started holding like a little mini church service initially just for her family and her servants well one of the servants like loved it and he ran off and told his family and they were like well we want to come we don't want to listen to boring preacher man we want to listen to something good and so before she knew it she had almost 200 people coming to her house Sunday nights to hear her like um give a devotional like on a Sunday night she was like one of the first female preachers of the Methodist movement and her husband got word and was like oh no 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 Susanna you're not supposed to be preaching you know that and she was like yeah I hear what you're saying but (laughs) (laughs) like you're not here to tend to our children's souls as their pastor and somebody's got to do it so it might as well be me I don't want God being mad at me later on and he wrote her again (laughs) and she was like yeah I still hear you still going to do what I want just so you know (laughs) and like just totally shut him down and that's just like I read some of her letters in those veins because there's another um we talked about the movie The Favorite um during Oscar time this was around the time that Susanna Wesley was alive as well and when the war with England and France was going on um in Queen Anne's days and so Queen Anne had issued this um, thing where the, everyone was supposed to fast and pray and be in prayer for the war and that England was going to win. And Susanna was like, I don't think this is what God would want us to do. I don't think, you know, that's not what God was all about. And she's like, so I'm not I'm not doing that. And her husband was like, no, you, you have to. The queen said that we have to. And she said, no, I'm not doing that. But I will sit home and pray for the sins of our country (laughs) (laughs) and that God will forgive us for what we're doing. And I'm just like, oh, Susanna, you're so sassy. And I love it so much. (laughs) And she's just like this, you know, you see her from the outside. It's hard to find good information on her because of course she's always tied to her sons who are very cool mm-hmm. guys in their own right. But, and, and you just think of her as like, oh yeah, she was just a mom who had like a lot of kids mm-hmm. and just, you know, yeah. Okay. That's cool. She had two sons who grew up in and started a whole movement, started a whole denomination. But um, when you dig in and you get to know it, like we know nobody's just a mom, right? Like we know that, like there's always a badass story behind every woman. Like you mm-hmm. can't just be a mom like you know that my mom knows that all the mom I'm not a mom I'm a dog mom (laughs) I'm a pretty cool dog mom but (laughs) honestly I think as a mom though that's something you need to I know we're going off on a tangent here but that's something you need to hear a lot because as a mom you tend to find yourself feeling like just a mom yeah a lot yeah well go out and read about Susanna Wesley friends (laughs) even if you are not religious even if you're not Christian or whatever like go out and find those stories because Dang, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I just, I, I have some other thoughts about Suzanne Wesley, and I don't know if now is an appropriate point to mention them. Okay, go for it. Why not? I, I, I just, I want to know, you know, because I just, I know that there, as a female pastor, mm-hmm. there has been some pushback in your own personal life. Yes. <laughs> with being a female pastor. Yes. Yet female preaching goes all the way back to Susan I know Wesley well if we <laughs> if we want to get technical Leanne could tell you really where female preaching started and it goes but I'm just, well, way 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 back goes way back yeah. but, <laughs> but you, you know what I'm, you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. here I just I don't I yeah I, I feel like there's some I'm confused yeah <laughs> <laughs> well um yeah I think this is you know so, okay, you know, it's International Women's Day. Let's just do it, right? Let's have, okay. a, let's have a feminist moment, shall we, <laughs> friends? Okay. <laughs> we still, for all of the progress that we like to think that we have made, um, my uh, another friend and I were just having this conversation about the fact that this is International Women's Day. And um, is this also Women's Month? I can never remember. I don't know. Shouldn't every day be, shouldn't every month be women's month? And that's literally what we talked about. Like, you know, we get a day or a month and it's not just women. Um, I also know that February was black history month and that could be a case, you know, we could mm-hmm. say the same thing about that. Like we mm-hmm. still, um, <laughs> so the so white men out there, I love you. So don't be too offended by this, but we still very much live in a society and a culture mm-hmm. that is dominated by straight white males, right? Right, right. <laughs> so even though I could sit there and give a whole lecture on Susanna Wesley and what an amazing woman she was and all of the things she did and how her own son, John Wesley, who is the founder of the Methodist movement, said multiple times he learned way more about God and religion and faith from his mother than he did from any male preacher, there are going to be men out there who are like, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear you speak lady person, like move along. Mm-hmm. And, and I, th- and I think, and there's also some women out there who think the same thing, which makes me very sad. Um, that goes back to the whole women. Let's stop fighting each other. Let's like be there. Right. <laughs> right. Like enough is enough. Like we should be building each other up, not tearing each other down. Um, and I will say that until the day I die. And so I think this is just like one of those moments, like, um, and as, as a female preacher who does get pushback every once in a while, not from my congregations, um, they're amazing. I have the best congregations in the world. I can say that (laughs) without a doubt, but I've had people outside of that, even people in my own personal life who have kind of given me that, that eye, the, the eye twitch, you know, that's mm-hmm. like, really, what are you doing? You're preaching. They're letting you do that. Are you sure you're allowed to do that? You're a woman. You know that you're female, right? Like, you, you know that, like, right? Um, and it's like, I have to cling to these, these things. Like, I have to look at women like Susanna and be like, oh my gosh, she told her husband, the man she was married to, <laughs> like, like, go, like, sit on it. Like, I'm going to keep doing this thing because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think that that as, I think that's what makes things like this conversation mm-hmm. we're having about all of these women, about all 11, because we talked about Mary Pickford at the beginning. Yes, 11 women in total, um, 11 badass women from all walks of life, from like 1600s mm-hmm. up to current to 2018. 
Like we need these stories in our life. Right. 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 We do. We absolutely need those women that we look up to. And, you know, truth be told, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, you are that woman someone else is looking up to. You don't realize it, but you are that woman someone else is looking Mm -hmm. up to. And we all need that for each other so much. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is really all about. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that we introduced you guys to some women. Maybe you didn't know how badass Mm -hmm. they were or, you know, maybe you learned something new. And we really want to hear about those women in your life that just, you know, you admire and you just you just think that they are the greatest. And we want to hear about them and we want to hear your Mm -hmm. your perspective of their stories. We want to hear what you think. Yeah, this is this is such a big deal. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we we could. Right. theoretically talk about this all month but. yes and you know what let's since we have 11 really amazing ladies amazing women on our list um we will make it an effort um maybe two or three a week we will tweet out an instagram one of the ladies on our and facebook one of the ladies on our list so you guys can learn more about oh, them. Like that um because i know that you had some people on your list that i didn't know too much about and i think i had some people on my list that you didn't know too much about um <clears throat> so since we're all kind of learning together let's make that um a goal to really like share it and we like dear just mm-hmm. said we want to know your ladies too um whether it's like you know, someone in your personal life, because we didn't even touch on those people because we could be here for days. <laughs> uh, or if it's um, someone that you've just learned throughout history or, you know, whoever, like we want to know about them. Like we want to let's lift each other up, you guys. Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think we got real, real sappy here at the end. But <laughs> we did. We did. We got real girl power. Hashtag girl power. Uh, yes, ooh, spice yes. girls i didn't even talk about the spice girls they almost made my list but they did not make my list this time that's for another day as well anywho as deirdre said at the beginning it is deirdre month um so we are celebrating all things deirdre this month she picked the topics this month because she's the birthday girl um, and also a badass lady herself. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> so stay tuned because we will continue that theme next week, um, including, so here's your teaser for next week. The topic next week is why Deirdre is afraid of pants. <laughs> yeah. Ponder that for a bit, friends. And we will come back and talk about it all next week. <laughs> Until then... We want to know what badass women you are, personally, all the ladies out there listening, all the women out there listening, um, and all the badass ladies in your life. Tweet them to us, uh, Facebook them to us, tag us on Instagram, uh, at Can You Not Cast. That's how to find us. We will be sharing some more with you guys as well. Tell your friends, because we want to know theirs as well. Spread the word, girl power all month long at can you not cast that's how it's just gonna be (laughs) Um, (laughs) if you like us which we know that you do because we like you and you like us and we're all friends here uh give us a like and share review us please on all of the places that you listen to us so more people Mm -hmm. can find us because that's the best way to get the word out is by liking and sharing and reviewing (laughs) and we will talk to you next week and like i said next week find out why deirdre's afraid of pants 
love you all. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.